about them Irish. I can't take it anymore. I need a national championship. This is the Four Horsemen Podcast. Feel the rhythm. Feel the rhyme. Get on up. It's podcast time. We are back. Season two of the Four Horsemen Podcast. It's been a while, guys. How y'all doing? I want to die every day. Oh, that's, that's nothing new. What about you, uh, Dylan? No, that, that, that was me. That was Dylan, surprisingly enough. Uh, Steve wow. Steve here, doing great, actually. Things are, are pretty positive for the summer because it's not football season right now, so I actually have a glimmer of hope. Uh, After, been- well, let, let me amend that by saying that about 14 days ago, the Boston Bruins ripped the soul right out of my fucking body, but the shell of what's left of me uh, is doing pretty well. And, you know, we've been down for a while and have a lot to say. But first, I would like to wish Dylan a happy Canada Day. Thank you. I was going to bring it up, but you guys are decent folks, I guess. Uh, I mean, we try. Uh, so we have a lot to get into. This offseason has been an offseason for the, for the books, one to write home about. Uh, so really to begin, uh, Steve, you really engaged in a, a pretty big moment in your life recently. Uh, it's all, all over Instagram. Pun all over Twitter. Uh, it, it was it was a wild time for you. Uh, so you really took that plunge. Um, can you tell me about the iron you hit to, uh, to get your hole-in-one? I did. Um, huge news uh, in my life. It, you know, the biggest news that I can imagine over the last couple of months um, probably took the most important step of my life recently, and, and that was hitting my first career hole-in-one. Uh, I also did get engaged, but more importantly, the hole-in-one. Um, you, you know, got a ring before Brian Kelly did, and I hate to yeah. say that. <laughs> so, yeah, just uh, I think it was my second round of the season. Um, yeah, I just pulled a pitching wedge from 132 uphill into the winds, put a little baby draw on that thing, landed in the center of the green, started walking back to my cart, and the next thing I know, the ball just drops in the cup. So you are looking and listening to a hole-in-one doer. Also a engaged man. Uh, so yeah, Steve that's is better. also a, that's whatever. We don't have to talk about that too much. Uh, yeah. Steve is better at golf than me. Dylan is smarter than both of us. Uh, he just graduated college or university, whatever they say up, up there. Uh, magna cum laude, summa cum laude, something come loud. Yeah. Did magna, you come magna come somewhere. I don't, I don't know where. Oh my, you have to pay extra for that some places. Uh, but Dylan, congratulations. He's going to law school in the fall. Uh, so when we get sued again, inevitably for Steve uh, playing some uh, music, he can defend us in court. Uh, so that's awesome. <laughs> and, We've had some and, good times uh, on this podcast. That might be out of his jurisdiction, but you know what? That's never stopped us before. And in my life, I, uh, I started season two of a podcast. So uh, there we are. And uh, that's really all I have to introduce right now. We are moving right ahead. Uh, really, in this offseason, we've had the NFL draft. We've had spring ball. And we've had some pretty interesting things going on with recruiting. Uh, so before we uh, go too far into that, 
I want to start a segment that will be good for our mental health. Uh, really, just something that you have to get off your chest. Uh, so I'll start. This will be a weekly segment. It could be about football. It could be about life. It could just be stuff in general. But um, I was at Trader Joe's the other day, and I don't like when cashiers look at what I'm purchasing and make comments about it. They don't have Trader Joe's up in Canada, Dylan, but it's, uh, it's like a, a um, Whole Foods that went to the poorhouse for a little bit, but then came back with better deals than Whole Foods ever could have. Uh, that's not a good example, but they always comment on whatever you're purchasing, and they try to have a full conversation with you when I'm just trying to get out of there and get on with my life. So uh, that, that that's just my complaint this week. Dylan, Steve, you got any complaints? Anything you got to get off your chest? No, Dylan. not really. Um, for any of the listeners, if you're wondering why P-Wagon sounds very echoey, it's because he's doing this podcast via radio um, from the outskirts of Siberia. So yeah, just letting you guys um, know. I also have an issue with uh, Apple, PCs, uh, pretty much any type of technology right now. I am just hoping for the best, and the best is what we're trying to get right now. I'm, I'm looking at my bars, and they're going in and out. So luckily, I'm not going to be talking too much about the draft and spring ball. Uh, but let's start it off with uh, the NFL draft recap. Dylan, Steve, you got it. Well, quick, quickly, I just wanted to put in one complaint. Um, if it's Game 7 of the Stanley Cup Finals and there's 10 seconds left in the period and you're back-checking when it's a 3-on-2, don't line change. Finish the play, back-check all the way, and, and try to prevent you know, the other team from skating uncontested into the slot. So that's, ah, yes. Yeah. Yes. The old, so that's, the that's a complaint that I had to get off of my chest. So just, just, you know, play the last 10 seconds of, of the period and don't give up a devastating goal to go down two nothing. So that way you eventually lose. You know what? That, that kind of reminds me, P I was going to bring it up. Um, I think you and I have the fa- the same favorite song. Um, oh, you know, Gloria. Bitch. Gloria. Gloria, we can't play the song because we'll get DMCA, but Gloria. Steve has left the chat session. So yeah, bat check, four check, paycheck. That's what uh that's what they always say, right, boys? Uh, yes, and speaking of letter, Kenny. Speaking of paychecks, a there's a handful of young, handsome gentlemen from the University of Notre Dame that just got paid. Hey, and that brings us into the NFL draft. What a segue. Very well done. Um, well, we had six guys get drafted. Um, so I guess I'm the NFL draft nerd, so I'll, I'll just kind of list it off. Fire away. Um, Jerry Tillery went 28th in the first round to the San Diego Chargers. I think that's a great fit for him. I'm glad he went in the first round. He's an elite talent. Um, I'm glad whatever rumors about his personality didn't drop him too far. Um, I really hope he does well in the NFL because he can be that kind of guy that's just an unstoppable DT. Um, so then we go Miles Boykin round three to the Baltimore Ravens. Um, that's pretty high for him. I think his combine kind of shot him right up the draft rankings. A very, unsu- a very surprising four, four, uh, 40. So that, yeah. that kind of came out of nowhere. There, there was videos on social media of the whole locker room getting uh, amped up for the guy. So that was a good feel good moment. Yeah. I think our, our, our friend of the podcast, Brad Kelly would not like where he was picked. He did not. Um, but, you know, that, that's the way it goes sometimes. You never really can predict anything with the draft. Um, fourth round, pick 108, the steal of the draft, hands down, goes to the New York football giants, uh, Julian Love. 
Um, basically, and I was ranting about this, he should have went, well, I mean, he could do whatever he wants, but I think he should have stayed another year at college because the corner draft in this year was just so stacked that he got lost in the mix because he is a easy second round talent. Um, and he cost him, well, he got cost at least a few million dollars there on the, uh, on his first contract, but the giants picked up a really good player there, which I hate, but and, you know, and you got to think, and it actually might work out well for him long-term because it's not, even though he's a third round guy here or fourth round guy, it feels like he's going to be able to get onto the field pretty quickly, uh, which I think is going to play some long, pay some long-term dividends. Hopefully, obviously we, we wish nothing but success for Julian. He was a absolute fucking rocket for our program. Yeah, he, he might be the best corner I've seen in my lifetime at Notre Dame, and it's easily hands down. And you know, the Giants are rebuilding that whole team, starting in the def- defense. They kind of blew that up, so I think he'll get a good shot there. Um, and we know how talented he is. He's just not six two with a wingspan of something ridiculous. But you know, <laughs> c'est la vie. Um, next, we go round four. Really surprising pick for me was Drew Tranquil going to the Chargers. Um, the reason Chargers I kinda, might be Notre Dame West right now, right? We well, it used to be the Raiders, but you know, that's the way it's looking. Tillery, um, Tranquil, and uh, we'll get to the other people as well. Keep going. Uh, the thing that surprised me about it is the fact that our uh, our other linebacker, uh, Tevon Coney, didn't get drafted at all, and I thought he would have been. I thought he was more draftable than Drew was. I know some people like Drew's athleticism a little more, um, lateral movement, but Tevon was just a, a beast all year, right? It, it, I don't really think his lateral movement will be that much of a problem when you just are that good at football. As a diehard Steelers fan with a severe need for a inside linebacker, this one hurt to uh, to not at least draft him in, in a late round. But maybe, I, I mean, he's definitely going to get signed to some sort of rookie camp, and hopefully he can uh, stand out enough to get on a roster because he is incredibly talented. Yeah, I'm trying to think if he was picked up or, or where he went. Uh, I would search on my phone, but that might send us into oblivion, so I'm going to re- yeah, refrain. We're not going to risk it. Is for, so people understand the inside joke. Uh, my Wi-Fi is destroyed, so I'm currently streaming this podcast uh, by using my phone as the Wi-Fi personal hotspot. For all 27 of you, swipe up, subscribe, unsubscribe, resubscribe. We need as much money as we can get. I'm not sure, even sure you can hear me right now. <laughs> <laughs> that That's how poor we are. Um, help. Tavon Coney signed with the Raiders, which is uh, another good fit there. Yeah, um, It's hard not to like the Raiders just because they're so hardcore. Um, so, yeah, moving on, we got Dex Williams uh, drafted sixth round, 100 and was that 94 to the Green Bay Packers. Um, the Packers Absolutely need a running back. Uh, I think that is a good place to pick a running back. Um, Dex is really good. I think that's going to work out well for everyone there. Um, the problem with Dex is he can't catch a ball. <laughs> and uh, during the senior bowl, too, he was struggling with that. But you know what? I, I think he's a really talented running back as far as running backs go. And uh, I think that's another good fit uh, for a team I don't want to see him go to. But, you know, that's the way it is. And then last, and I can't believe he got drafted, uh, Alizé Mack to the New Orleans Saints at uh, 231 round seven. Um, keeping the tradition alive, apparently there's now a record um, so many years of a consecutive Notre Dame tight end being drafted. And uh, I think that's pretty neat. I think he's super athletic, super talented. Um, will he ever put it together? I don't know. He kind of did when Book showed up. 
Um, but you know, that's one we'll see. So do you guys like any picks there in particular? I, uh, I personally love the Dexter Williams pick. I know I'm a little bit faint right now, but 22 is going to do great things over in green Bay. Uh, I really think he's going to put it together and I'm looking, uh, looking forward to see him play and, uh, hopefully be that Packer for, uh, for years to come. Shout out Jim Anderson. Yeah. Uh, I, Honestly, you know, Drew Tranquil and, and Tavon, Drew Tranquil and, and, uh, oh, gee, Jerry Tillery to the same team. I think that's going to help with chemistry, obviously. Um, you know, two rookies, same, same university. Uh, and our, uh, our punter went there too. Nice. Yeah. So a couple guys that, that are all going to be there together. Uh, and they're both on the interior of the defense, um, for a defense that, it was very hot or cold uh, out in LA. So um, yeah, I mean, I, I think they both stand a chance to get some significant playing time, obviously, you know, Tillery more so being a first round pick, but yeah, I mean, a nice, um, nice, nice get for the chargers as much as I loathe them for beating the Steelers last year. Um, that ended up costing me a lot of money to a personal friend who I loathe, but uh, yeah, I mean, pretty excited for tranquil. He was always, pr- I think he was probably one of my favorite guys in the last decade. Mm-hmm. Don't we have another guy in in San Diego or Las Vegas or LA, wherever the hell those stupid Chargers are now? <laughs> I, Rochelle, right? Isaac. Isaac. Isaac's down there. Yeah. Right. That kind of brings a quick question. If you guys could think, what NFL team has you know the best Notre Dame talent? At least the Current, one that you would like kind of root for. Pre- presently or all time? Just, Minnesota. Just presently. Currently in the league. Minnesota. They just Kyle got ruined. Ruined. Just Kyle Rudolph, Rudolph. and then they have uh, who's the safety? Harrison Smith. Harrison Smith is a stud, and then I think Michael sucked. I think Michael Floyd might be on there. Might have signed a one-year deal with them, probably. Most likely, he he does have a a drinking and driving problem. For someone who makes seven figures, you'd think that he'd you know learn how to use the Uber app, but that's neither here nor there. Well, can I put forth a team? You know. we would say probably that Notre Dame's the the biggest team in the country, right? Correct. So maybe that you could say they're America's team. Oh, we're going Cowboys here, huh? So Zach Martin, Zach Martin, and then Jalen Smith, who is a hero oh. after what he came back from. I know I'm biased there, but you know it's hard not to like those two boys, um, especially when you get like a, a monster like Zach Martin. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you and- have a point there. In terms of top end talent, I think uh, Dallas and Minnesota are one two. Just given those uh, those four guys that we talked about, they're they're superstars at each at, at each of their positions. So, I'd also like to point out that Notre Dame offensive tackles put together around the NFL would be the best offensive tackle group in or offensive line group in the history of the NFL. One hundred percent. Stanley, and- uh, my boy uh, McGlinchey. Uh, Quentin Nelson, Zach Martin, and then John Sullivan. That's unreal. Those are basically five all-stars. And, you know, just just going off of that real quick, TJ Smith is still in the league. Or not TJ Smith, I'm sorry. TJ Jones. Jones. Can you believe that? Yeah, he is. That's wild. great. (laughs) Sorry. Him and theoretic, too. Yeah, I, I looked at their names. I'm like, you were playing when I was in high school, when Dylan was in diapers. (laughs) (laughs) and speaking of individuals in diapers uh we just got a a whole batch of new recruits and uh i'm gonna let our lead senior recruiting correspondent steve uh hit the ground running here and uh, tell us all about our new batch of 
baby face, freshly shaven uh, individuals who are hopefully going to make us a lot of money one day. If I can jump yeah. in just first, I'd like to set, I'd like to give like a preface to this because for the listeners at home, we're, our podcast is really a spectrum when it comes to recruiting with Steve and P wagon on just polar opposite ends. So Steve loves recruiting. He thinks these guys are gods, that they're going to become gods. And I, I, I understand that. And on the other side, uh, P-Wagon just thinks that they're useless until they ever prove themselves and that recruiting is not even worth following. So I'm kind of a little bit in the middle there. I understand. I follow the recruiting. So when, when you listen to us talk about it, keep it in mind that P-Wagon absolutely hates high school kids. And exactly. Steve likes them. Coached them for four years. Uh, so Steve, take it away. Listen, this is not about my crush on Phil Jerkovich. Okay, so let's get that completely off the table. Who, by the way, could have had a better spring game, but that's neither here nor there. He's going to be the greatest Notre Dame quarterback in history next year. Anyway, um, yeah, I mean, very. Uh, you, if you've paid attention to Notre Dame recruiting headlines over the past six to eight weeks, um, it, it honestly feels like this is the turn, uh, the corner that needed to be turned to get back to permanent national relevance not once every couple of years we get up and into a top 10 finish and then you know get into a fancy bowl game and then get blown out we're we're not going to talk about that uh we're talking about the future and and you know we just reference nfl talent on the offensive line and holy shit do we have so much uh talent coming in on the offensive line this year uh for the 2020 class we've signed a couple of guys for the 2021 class we signed a couple of guys we have more tackles and guards that are four and five star recruits, then uh, that we, we could possibly know what to do with. Uh, I, I'd like to amend that the five star recruits are not committed yet, but there's two of them that are favored for the 2021 class. But we've had so many, um, you know, very, very, very highly ranked offensive tackles that are had have been signed, and and this year's class in general is looking remarkable and it starts with two guys that uh we've been waiting a long time as a program to to put together a class that's going to look like what we've put together this year um so our marquee recruit right now technically if you go by five-star ranking is jordan johnson um six two he's a a wide receiver out of missouri he is a five-star recruit so he's the the fifth ranked wide receiver overall uh, this is a, obviously a huge get for us. Our last five-star recruit at wide receiver was, in fact, Michael Floyd. Um, so it's it's been a while since we've had such top-end talent. And this year, it, it looks like we're going to have a drop-off in terms of wide receiver talent. But we have a, a bunch in the pipeline. But Jordan Johnson coming in next year as a true freshman, if, as long as he holds his commitment, it's very promising. And he's followed closely right behind by, I think – who will be the uh, the most transformational recruit in, in Notre Dame contemporary history, uh, which is Chris Tyree. He's technically considered a four-star running back right now. Everybody knows he's a five-star talent. Everyone who's looked at him knows he's a five-star talent. He's going to end up with a five-star ranking eventually. He just needs to complete his... Uh, senior season, he's the number one ranked all-purpose back in the nation. Um, 5'9", 178. So he's shorter, but he's got some juice on him. And as of yesterday, 
he is officially the fastest high school recruit in the nation. He ran a four three forty as a seventeen year old. So he is a absolute rocket ship. Like this is legitimately, and I tweeted this earlier. He is the Reggie Bush of Notre Dame has speed and talent that he's going to bring along with Jordan Johnson on the outside. Two top end commits, including Michael Mayer, the the uh, the number one overall tight end in the nation. A bunch of offensive line commits, and then obviously Drew Pine. I mean, this class is outstanding. So there's so much to be excited for, and, and I'll let you guys throw in your thoughts now. Yeah, no, I, I think for sure. Um, I think Tyree, for one, is the fastest running recruit two years in a row, which is just showing how dynamic he'll be, and I'm really interested to see how he works in the in the new Chip Long offense um, and how they'll use him because I think he could do a lot of dynamic stuff. He hit it right on the point, too. I, I mean rankings and, and star ratings aren't always necessarily everything. Cause I mean, people do get them wrong, but it is important. We have the number one tight end in the country ranked. We have the number one running back in the country ranked, And we also have the number two tight end. Um, so it's just showing what kind of uh, powerhouse we're becoming with, uh, with certain talents. And, and another thing is I, when's the last time Notre Dame started actually getting high end recruits in talented positions, you know, running back wide receiver corner, um, that's starting to change, you know, the sort of that rough kind of tough football is kind of turning into a little more athletic playmaking football, which is really good and what we need for the modern game. Um, I, I'm really excited. I think, what is it, over the four last four years, we've been a 10-win team three times, including a playoff berth after a 12-0 season. Notre Dame's back. Uh, and that's not like Texas is back. Notre Dame is seriously contending um, year in, year out. Um, we're We're not winning a title yet uh, but we're in that conversation and I think where we are actually is kind of where Oklahoma is where it's Oklahoma hasn't won a title yet in the last few years albeit their drought has been much shorter but they're perennially in this conversation of the playoff right they're always a playoff team they're always a contender to win it and I think Notre Dame I think another 10-11 win season this year and we're going to start being put in that conversation as well because it's just, it, that's the way it is. I mean, we've been really, really good lately. You know, that one horrible season aside where basically luck, bad luck, bad bounces cost Notre Dame at least three games that year. You know, the year they went four and eight, right? They weren't that bad, but that's the kind of way the games go. Um, it's was, a good was program. Was that the year against Florida State with the pick play? No, no. I, no. I meant the four and eight season we had four. in 2017. Yes. 2016. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. But yeah. No, but just to just to go off of that real quick, Dylan, you misspoke. Uh, you meant to say 14 and 0, uh, because we're winning a goddamn national championship this year. Uh, I don't care who has to stand yeah. in our way. Fuck everyone. Uh, but you know, going forward with this class that we have, Drew Pine is uh, elite 11. I think he's number five. Last time I checked, he's yeah. been throwing dimes all over the place. Uh, Confirmed. Will, yes. He will be the the Ian Book, the uh, Phil Jerkovic of the future. And setting up for quarterback, just moving forward, you have Book this year, probably going to come out, which will be stupid for him because he's in class with Tua and uh, Trevor. But at the same time, and that kid from Oklahoma, the transfer, the quitter, Haskins, um, I think. With no, that hurts. Whatever, they're, they're all the same human. Uh, with that, <laughs> moving forward, you get Jerkovic for a couple years, then you get Pine, and we're just reloading with quarterbacks, which is great to see. But at the same time, and then after Pine is five-star so, quarterbacks, Tyler Buckner. Yep. Yeah, that that I was going there. So 
you know they're going to be good, but my whole issue with these kids is they're kids. Kids are inherently stupid. No offense to them. But mm-hmm. we will <laughs> change our mind. If I was a 17-year-old, I'll change my mind 17 different times before I get out of bed in the morning. So you have these kids saying, oh, I'm pop committed. I'm, I'm Notre Dame through and through. And then you have someone roll around and say, oh, I'll give you a little bit more money because boosters do exist. And they'll change their commitment right away. So getting all your so- in one basket for a five-star recruit who could just say, fuck you, any day of the week because his girlfriend doesn't like the colors, it doesn't make any sense to me. So that's my okay. opinion I'm referring Well, I, I got two things to kind of put up there. One, the whole Haskins hurts. I don't know the difference. That's because their last name starts with an H and not because they're black. I just want to thank put that out there thank, probably. Thank for, for saying just that. just so covering us legally here. Um, also, P, doing. when you said uh, you, you wake up and change your mind 17 times when you were a kid, uh, were those decisions mainly whether to to jerk off or not? Was that it? No, it, it was mostly cereal. To be honest with you, I, I had a, a wide array of cereals in the morning. I but- I don't think any seventeen year old kid is, is deciding not to jerk off. If we're being well, also fair point. Let's, uh, yeah. let's change. I might have to cut this part, but you know, the whole, the <laughs> no, whole it's the thing, best part by far. The whole thing is they're making decisions. They're making very either rash decisions or decisions based on what they're hearing from the message boards and assholes like us. So with that, if they're saying, oh, I'll commit right now and have all this fan base love me, three months later, they could just, you know, uh, adjust a win to come by and they would realize that they don't want to play in Notre Dame and they would rather be in South Beach or rather be in L.A. or rather be in, in Texas. I, I don't know. You know, they are yeah. irrational. There's no good football schools in Los Angeles. None. But at the same time, they could go to Pepperdine. But, you know, the whole thing is – they're looking at, they're looking at this whole landscape, and until you <laughs> until you're 25 years old, you don't have a fully developed brain. So we're putting all our eggs in all these kids' baskets right now, when they could change their mind just on a whim, just on one phone call from Listen, the coach. If, just saying. And I would like to point out respectfully that I would be okay if Phil Jerkovich put his eggs in my basket. Oh my! Nice. And uh, there is no good segue there. But speaking of eggs and basket, the Easter season's during the spring, but also during the spring comes spring ball. Uh, I personally didn't watch the game. That's good. I was uh, more concerned with USA Rugby coming in second in the world uh, in rugby, lost to Fiji, but whatever. Uh, so, Steve, Dylan, whoever watches spring ball game, uh, you need to find better hobbies. But uh, tell me about the game, and I won't make any comments. I can't tell you anything about the game, but I would have liked to finish my thought there that recruiting classes get better when teams win. And that's what's so important about us being consistently good and what another playoff run would really do for the Irish. Um, Just because you see after one year of being in the playoff, how great the following recruiting class is. So we got to, we got to keep that up and, uh, and keep winning because winning's the success to great recruiting classes. But like you said, you know, they can change their minds. It's hard to change your mind when you're a fucking playoff team. You know, you don't see many commits flipping on Alabama or Clemson. So yeah. that's one way to keep them. As for spring ball, I didn't watch it. I just know that fucking Phil Jerkovich was not good. And not that good. scares me because we are all part of the Phil is our Lord and Savior club. Just three of us, though. Yeah. I'm, you know, Ian Book, it's his position. There's not going to be a, a quarterback competition this year. Thank God. You know, Brandon Wimbush did a lot of good for the program. 
Uh, he's at UCF now. We'll have our uh, resident UCF fan, Katie, uh, on later in the season to learn how to survive Wimbush. But there's not a competition. It's Book's team. Uh, it's going to be Book's team. What I'm really interested to see is the production of Claypool and the production of some of the tight ends who weren't getting too much play last year because of the Boykins and all that. And I know Chris Finke was there uh, doing his own thing, but, uh, you know, I, I didn't see too much of it. Steve, what do you have from the spring ball uh, game? Yeah. Um, defensive line is going to be ferocious, even with losing Jerry Tillery. I mean, thank God both of our defensive ends came back. Uh, we are, we are very deep, um, you know, on, on the defensive line and in the front seven in general, uh, the middle, uh, linebackers, you know, the linebacker core in general, there's going to be a learning curve, but they are all freak athletes. So I think they'll all get there eventually. Obviously it's a little concerning that Phil is, is struggling a little bit, but I think more so than anything, it's uh, paralysis by analysis. You know, he's used, he, he literally had like 6,000 yards in 10 play in, in 10 games in his senior year of high school. That's astonishing. Um, yeah, and he threw for like 50 touchdowns. So he's used to being big man on campus and just absolutely bullying secondaries. It's a little bit different when you got absolute freak athletes from all over the, the, the nation, you know, at Notre Dame and uh, on defense that are, they're just faster, they're bigger, they're smarter. Um, so I, I think that initial shell shock, don't think anything of the spring game. Obviously it does stink that he's, he's not coming in out and rockets that we would hope like uh, Trevor Lawrence, for example, but I think he'll get there in time. It's just taking reps, getting used to the playbook, uh, you know, learning how to read defenses and it's all going to come in time. It's very, very rare that you're on campus, but still a red shirt freshman. Um, very rare that those guys are going to come out and just be absolute, you know, superstars. So thankfully he's on the bench this year, plenty of time to learn. Um, at knock on wood, I hope we don't have to see him unless it's garbage time. Um, you know, and, and, and book can stay healthy. We obviously know book is a top 10 at the very least top 15 college quarterback. And that that's he's, he's much. accurate. He's, he's, he's good. I'll put that right now. He's I, I didn't want to say it, but I, I personally think that, but a lot of the, you know, the, the college football community will put him in the top 10 to 15. I think he's definitely uh, top five talent, but that's personal bias. But yeah, I mean, we're in a good position. Um, you know, the running backs are going to be something to keep an eye on. I think Jafar Armstrong is good. I think Tony Jones is, uh, it, it's going to leave more to be desired. So I think the offense takes a step back this year even though book probably plays better than last year. Um, but with that being said, I think it's going to be a little bit more of a complete team. And I think each year because of these recruiting classes, we are going to become a more and more complete team. So the, the, the future is promising. And just a quick note as to, you know, recruits changing their minds and everything. I can definitely get that if you commit to Oklahoma or, you know, um, Georgia, Alabama, and, and you know, all of a sudden you see a bunch of other recruits coming in, you get, you know, cold feet. You're not sure if that's going to be the right spot for you. And these guys are basically going to play football. They're not going, they're not, they're not going to play school as uh, I forget what that quarterback said at Ohio state, but regardless, um, the difference, the Notre Dame difference, uh, not only are we able to recruit top end talent, 
but a lot of these guys and, and the huge pitch for Notre Dame is four for 40. You do your four years at Notre Dame, you're set for 40 years of your life. Uh, because there's life after football and statistically uh, these guys stand less than a 5% chance at making it pro. And if they do, then there's even a smaller chance they're going to stay in the league for longer than three years. Uh, I think that pitch is starting to resonate. Academics is taking a huge, uh, huge impact in a lot of these guys' decisions. So Notre Dame, I, I get that you're saying that guys can can jump around in a, in a heartbeat. It just feels like a different school where we we do generally – a good job of keeping commits. And I think that's going to come um, to Dylan's point, create a lot more consistency in the future, a lot more winning seasons, nine, 10, 11 wins, and just make us a perennial contender. So it, it's definitely feels like we and are. Yeah, quote yeah. Unquote so back. if I can, I've, I got some more spring ball stuff too. Um, yeah. Well, first thing is I think I actually disagree with you on the offense. I think the offense is going to take a step forward this year because one, they have to um, two, the offensive line is completely returning. I think four starters, um, that is going to be very, very scary. And I don't think it matters who's running back back there. They're going to be getting a lot of yards. Um, Tony Jones is a good change of pace. Um, and here's the thing. So there's a few, there's a few, at least a little bit of buzz coming out of um, South Bend right now. And it's the receiver group. Um, it's, a, it's a lot of unknown names, but it's super athletic and people are getting really excited about it. And they think that the offense is going to be tailor made for them. Um, another thing is both Khalid Kareem and uh, Julian Okawara are getting a lot of draft hype. So we're getting that edge, like you mentioned, Steve. Um, though those edge presence is going to be probably the best edge group in college football right now will be will be Notre Dame, um, that duo. Um, for these reasons, really, mainly that pass rush is going to be elite. The offensive line is going to be elite. And... If Ian Book takes a natural progression, a natural step forward and not a step back, so, you know, he improves some long ball accuracies. Um, and you guys are right to say he's a top 10 quarterback. He he absolutely was last year. I think he would, top five. Top, I think he would push top five this year. You've got um, the big two of Lawrence, Tua, uh, and then you're looking at uh, Jake Fromm, uh, Ian Book. Um, the kid from Oregon, Hubert, um, possibly oh, even, like well, Shea Patterson, but fuck Michigan. So, um, yeah, yeah, they're, they're going to be bad this year. Take the under on Michigan. Um, well, not bad, but they're, they're, they lost their whole defense, and that's bad. That's the way they play. They're anyway. not going to win 11 games. 11 and a half games no. is ridiculous. Well, yeah, we could talk about how stupid the over-unders are this year. Um, but, yeah, no, basically, I think we're going to be really good this year. Uh, when you put together pass rushing – elite quarterback play and elite offensive line, you have basically all it takes to win a title. Um, if, if you were an NFL team, you told me you had, you know, the best pat, the, the a, a top pass rushing group, a top quarterback and a top offensive uh, line group. I would say you'd be winning the Super Bowl. So I really think that despite some turnovers at receiver um, and linebacker, I think it's going to be a really good season for the Irish. The problem is the schedule and we'll get to that in another podcast. Um, but the future's bright, and you keep winning. You're going to keep bringing in these recruits, um, and uh, and that's it. So, P, do you want to lead us into the over-under? Yeah, so Notre Dame's over-under is uh, ridiculously low. Uh, I Shockingly bad. At eight and a half the last time I checked. And, Dylan, tell me if I'm wrong on that, but uh, from last I checked, it was eight and a half with Michigan at 11 and a half. So my gambling friend told me, shout out to Evan, um, that 
it's likely because they're including the Big Ten championship game. Like, so conference championship games count okay. for those teams, right. which is why 11 and a half or whatever it is for Michigan is a little more understandable. Right. Um, the, the problem is, is that Michigan has lost their entire defense. And as we see, when a good defense plays Michigan, they could pick apart, or a good offense, they could pick apart the defense. And plus, you got to return those guys. Um, and I also don't trust the Michigan offense to really do anything. So I'm really low on Didn't Michigan. Didn't their starting running back just get suspended for the full year? Yep. Could have been. I don't I don't follow them. Uh, I'm pretty sure Higdon was was kicked out or at least suspended for the year or at least a substantial amount of time. You're going to see Notre Dame's number go up. Yeah. Bet it now. It's criminally low. Like, you, you would be thrown in any jail in any country if you told me that to my face. Oh, I would be thrown in jail for assaulting you. Because so, they're saying this. They're saying that George is a loss right away. And then from there, they're saying that there could be a slide after Michigan. So they're taking those two losses right there. So they're what? 22 with two losses. But they're looking at the slide that happened a few years ago. And that's the problem. Well, here's the thing is the way I would look at it is how many games is Notre Dame favored in or not favored in? And Michigan they will not be favored in, in two games, Georgia, Michigan. And I mean, we're going to beat Michigan. Uh, who knows about Georgia and then maybe Stanford, but I don't know if Stanford is going to be good enough to, to at least earn uh, a favorite, a betting I, favorite yeah, I on that think night. They're, they're good, but I still think they're in a little bit in rebuilding mode. So right now you have two and maybe one. So what I would say is that's kind of two and a half. So, Ten and a half, nine and a half. That makes a lot more sense if I'm at least an odds maker. Um, as a Notre Dame fan, I would love to hammer the over there because I don't see us losing four games this year. I, I just don't think it's possible. It's a tough schedule. Don't get me wrong, but we are going to be favored in ten of those twelve games, and we should win. I think twelve of them, maybe eleven, at least no. nine. Like, come on, you know, eight and a half is ridiculous. But I will say this: I think more interestingly is USC's at like six and a half. And I think we should take the under. Surprisingly, that's how bad they're going to be this year. Oh, they're, they're a dumpster fire. And the whole, the whole thing with them being that big of a dumpster fire, you're, you're looking at the end of the season, they're playing upset specials in Notre Dame, um, unless they're, they're playing uh, at ND this year. I'm not sure. But regardless, they're, they're going to play uh, whatever it's called. Well, here's the thing. We, we've may played this game before. I may have made you guys do this, but this is USC schedule. Count count the wins when they get to South Bend. They start the season against Fresno State. Fresno State was really good last year. They might win that one. They then play Stanford at home, BYU on the road, Utah at home, Washington on the road, Notre Dame on the road. I think they'd be lucky to win a game, honestly. They, they legitimately, what's that, five games? They might legitimately be one and four coming in. They Yeah, absolutely. 100%. So, you tell me one in five to start their season, assuming they lose to Notre Dame. Uh, I think I kind of like the under on six and a half. Yeah, I, I don't see them doing very well this year. The coach is on the hot seat. They they don't have anything to play for. The U the whole Pat 12 is a dumpster fire right now. They may get kicked out of the NCAA or some shit like that right. for uh, having the players allow allow them to uh, represent themselves and get likeness checks or something. I I'm not too big into contract law, but it's a it's not a good situation out in the Pac-12, and it's USC. I am just glad to watch it burn. Watching Troy burn is basically how many intervals of 25 do we beat USC by? 
Like if it's at home at night, Notre Dame's good against USC. We're really good in that environment. We blew them out when they had Sam Darnold. Um, if USC's one in five or one in four, or whatever, when they come to Notre Dame, and it's a it's a home game, rivalry game at night, I I think we could see one hundred points scored. And I say that half jokingly. <laughs> well. I don't think we should get too ahead of ourselves. And obviously we got the entire summer. Uh, This was definitely a nice little spring wrap up with uh, the draft recruiting. And then, um, you know, a a little teaser to the, to the season. Uh, So let's, let's save the, uh, the, the season preview for, as we get closer to fall, you know, around August. So we're, we're not far away. It's probably what, six to eight weeks away. It's, it's coming soon. Um, so I, I f- figure we should probably wrap up with some closing thoughts or any other segments you have in mind. Pat? No, uh, parting words and closing thoughts for right now. We are, uh, it's almost the 4th of July. So, uh, happy independence day to all of you Americans out there. Uh, happy Canada day. I don't really know what that is, but, uh, I'm not mad about it. And really the, the whole thing going into this season, we were cautiously optimistic last year. I will remain cautiously optimistic this year. I hope everyone has a happy and safe summer. Uh, Dylan, I still don't believe that there is summer in Canada. But uh, <laughs> going forward from there, uh, have a nice brisk fall day, Dylan. And we will see y'all in August when we go over the season preview. And if you are looking uh, to either come on for a segment, if you have working technology, uh, let us know. Follow me on Twitter, pwagonsipsty. Uh, follow Steve at Steve Campy. Follow Dilly uh, at Dylan at Dilly Dilly ninety seven. Uh, there's a couple underscores in there or something. You know where to find us. Uh, and don't be afraid to let us know what we sucked at, what we did good at, and we're always looking to improve. And if you're looking to sponsor us, uh, we do accept Venmo, Cash App, and Working Technology. So that's all I got for tonight. Go Irish. What about you guys? I would like to point out that a nice brisk fall evening is preferable to a hot summer night for me. Um, uh, just go Irish. We're gonna we're gonna get into it soon. Uh, we were planning on doing a preview uh, in a couple weeks, sometime in August. Uh, but this is you know a little teaser for our 27 fans out there to kind of get a surprise podcast and uh, to hear the voices of their three most favorite people. Steven? I'm nobody's favorite person, but um, and and Dylan, just a quick question going off what you said is a is a hot summer day in in Canada like 68 degrees. Um, it can get up to like 30 Celsius, which is like, I don't know, like 80 something, you know, that's too hot for me. I like it. I like a nice, like 17 degree day fall falls. My favorite 17 degrees is below freezing. Well, Celsius, you guys are still using a backward system there for no reason. I I hate you. Uh, no, it was 91 here today in Massachusetts. Yeah. The best place of civilization. it would quick. get to 91. That's that's I don't like that. That's too hot. Quick, quick fun fact about how hot it was today. My fucking dumbass. I got home from the train, walked from the train back to my house, which is about a mile and a half, only to realize that I actually drove to, to the train today. So then I had to get <laughs> walk back to the train station <laughs> and then take and then drive my car home. Um, so yeah, we are definitely ready for independence day weekend and everyone have a good one because America's the best and also happy Canada day, I suppose. And, uh, go Irish, go Irish.